0: Hello, and welcome to the Growth Minded Marriage. My name's Kevin, and I'm joined by my wife, Mary.
1: We are a uniquely ordinary Midwest couple pursuing what it means to live our values out loud, release expectations, and dedicate ourselves to growth and the pursuit of our most authentic selves together. Ready? Let's grow.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to, spoiler alert, our third parenting episode. We know we promised two, but (laughs) we had a hint that everything would be better in threes.
1: (laughs) And we don't make plans like that, really. We'll say things and it ends up being the opposite. Uh Stick with us.
0: So, sorry, guys, if you were hoping for a new topic, but (laughs) we're just going to try to do this full circle.
1: (laughs) Well, things have gotten better, and we've... Implemented a few things that seem like a big success. And so, not only are we really excited about it and feeling relieved and more energized, but hopefully, the people who are listening and maybe want a little hope in all of this can um, potentially learn from our successes.
0: Yeah. Not just our failures. mm -hmm. Yeah. We can definitely see a light at the end of this tunnel. And I feel like it's shining pretty bright right now. Yes. There's a lot of hope going yeah, into tomorrow. four
1: days. We've got four good yeah, days. Yeah,
0: we have a four-day high that that's what we're <laughs> celebrating, actually.
1: Yeah, and we did sign up for Carrie Gray's Love and Logic parenting course. The first class is February 25th. So we just got our materials in the mail for that class. And we are sort of leafing through it and Kevin was reading through it. And we kind of had that same feeling, like if you listen to our last episode with Carrie, where we were hearing things that we felt like we had implemented and we were doing, but they weren't working.
0: Right. It kind of made it seem like, okay you did this, now it's going to be magic resolution. Yeah. And instead, we kind of saw more of a death spiral.
1: Yeah, maybe not death spiral, but it was not pleasant. But what Carrie left us with in the last episode was, this is a long game. This is not short wins, small gains. No, this is small gains, long win. What is it?
0: I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) Is this supposed to be an analogy to a reference to a sport or financial (laughs) instrument that you have no knowledge of?
1: No, but Carrie was just basically saying this is going to take a while This, in the sense that this will never end. Right.
0: This is a lifestyle.
1: Yes. And you're not going to implement something new and then the next day wake up and it's magically better. So what is working for us is sort of variations on things we've already tried. And just the whole picture has kind of become more clear as we see that consistency and just the effort to keep trying is paying off
0: yeah and i think for me more than anything it's that as i said in our last episode that feeling of empowerment for all of this like just to have that compass of direction like you're you're on the right path you're doing the right thing this is the direction you need to go into i don't doubt as much as i did before like i know this is the path that we need to take and that commitment is without hesitation so I think that that has been really, really impactful right now for me.
1: Yeah, yeah. So the Love and Logic course that we're signed up for and just all of the personal education we've been doing is saying things we feel like we know, but apparently it takes hearing things multiple times to get that one little bit of nuance that's going to work for your family.
0: I think my big takeaway is kind of the need for vulnerability personally. And being honest with myself, I'm almost looking at myself from an outside perspective. Like, am I being as, say, consistent as I need to be? Um, so, like, an example of that is the kids know that there are certain times that I have to work and I have to be like focused on that. There's other times that I'm all in on them. And there's other times that it's more like I'm balancing both. And I've realized that. My reactions to their disruption or negative behavior during those three times are drastically different. So, like when I'm working and the kids are in the other room and they just start screaming and fighting, and I stop what I'm doing and I come out and I just immediately, like, everyone lost dessert. But other times, you know, it's daddy playtime and we'll be doing piggyback rides on my new daddy saddle that (laughs) my super fan sent me.
1: (laughs) We'll put a pic on Instagram.
0: And they'll be fighting over whose turn it is, and we'll just naturally be able to work through that together, which now thinking about it, I just see how unfair that is, that inconsistency of it.
1: Yeah, and I think that's the piece that really sets you apart as a parent, and our parenting style is positive parenting and conscious parenting in and of the fact that we are constantly being vulnerable and saying, we messed up, we didn't do that right. And sometimes it may take us weeks or months to realize that we, in fact, are likely part of the problem just as their behavior is part of the problem. And we can only control us. So using that introspection to say, hey, I'm going to change my actions and then see what that does with the kids.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: So, yes, we're having some recent successes, and I think nothing is super useful unless you hear the real specifics. So let's start with the sleep changes that we made. I think we knew that our kids were not sleeping enough. They weren't sleeping enough hours. And the whole getting them to sleep was a huge, huge point of tension and stress.
0: Frustration. Frustration.
1: We... Thought we were putting our kids down early and we thought, you know, they're getting they're going to be able to get enough sleep. But by the time they actually fell asleep after all of the yelling and the fighting and the back and forth, it was 930. And then, you know, our kids wake up around seven.
0: Right. I think what we learned is that we just put too many conditions on it. Like we presented opportunities for them to leave their rooms. We presented opportunities for them to challenge I don't think that's
1: it. I think we just needed to start it earlier. And life gets to the point where you think, well, how could I get my kids to bed any earlier? We've got all these things to do. And we weren't even leaving that. No one's leaving the house. Like, it wasn't even that. It was just the making of the dinner and the cleaning up of dinner and, and you know, cleaning up their their day and the transitioning and maybe we do a family game or something. It all just seemed like it needed the time it needed. And by the time it was all done we walked upstairs at 7:30 and so Kevin and I just um, after talking to Carrie we're like okay we're going to start bedtime immediately after dinner and we're going to have to change what we're actually eating and change what dinner time looks like in order to not have a big cleanup process at the end of the day And we're also going to have to change what our kids are doing immediately before dinner so that there's not a big playroom cleanup or family room cleanup that needs to be done after dinner so that the only thing left to do after dinner is start bedtime. So this was a big change for us because Kevin and I tend to make slightly more elaborate meals that we personally are going to enjoy, and it requires Just a lot of prep work and just dinner time is kind of a big production at our house. So we really had to sacrifice and say, all right, for this week, what's most important is that our kids get to bed as soon as possible. So we're going to be eating pasta with plain marinara sauce and tortellinis with pesto sauce, which is perfectly fine. But, you know, maybe not Kevin and I's number one choice, but we know it's going to be minimal cleanup. The kids are going to eat it. Everyone's going to be happy. And we're going to go immediately up to bed. So, the other thing that we had to tweak in order to make this all go round was the fact that about six months ago, Kevin and I decided that we were going to all clean up at the end of the night so that mommy and daddy didn't have to do it all after we came down for putting the kids in bed. And um, that just became our family routine. Well, that happened after dinner. And generally, our kids were playing and doing something in. Bunch of rooms in the house prior to dinner and created big messes that we would have to clean up. And this just, again, tacked more and more time onto the end of the night. So now Kevin and I just have to be really specific about what we allow our kids to do before we eat. And, you know, it's just something that's smaller and we're not getting out huge pieces of, you know, fort equipment and all the building blocks. And the other thing that we've tried to incorporate is some TV right before dinner, allowing them to clean up. Um, we try to do that as a family, and then we give them some TV. And what does work for our kids is giving them a specific amount of TV they can watch. I think Carrie maybe said this to set a timer with that or our other therapist that we're seeing, but Give them just a really specific amount of time. And then for our kids, telling them, hey, it's dinner time, that is a motivator to turn the TV off. I know that's not true for everyone, but for our kids, that does work. So that little lineup of events tends to set us up well for getting them to sleep <laughs> upstairs at 6 p.m right and that's just where we had to start it maybe seems like a little drastic or too much but we weren't left with very many options we were in a really bad cycle where they weren't getting good sleeps the next day was worse than the previous and we knew we just had to tackle it from this first major problem which was get our kids asleep sooner
0: yeah well i think it's also was a pivot to um, structuring the nighttime too to start calming their bodies down Yeah. And um, this past week, I removed a lot of the extra things that I would put into the nighttime routine, such as like wrestling and, you know, them choosing a bunch of different books and reading those books and me coming back and checking on them in 15 minutes. And instead, I started reading them a chapter book, which they just listen to now, which has been really, really effective. And I think it just kind of helps. Calm and ease them into the nighttime
1: because there's no choice to what books we're going to read and there's no pictures to look at. No one needs to see. I want to sit here and you're going to sit there because all it is is listening. You think that's why it's
0: right. And I think it just there's so much relaxation that goes into it. You just kind of ease into listening to the story Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and it's something that they've looked forward to every night now. And then when it's over, it's you know, it's tuck in time.
1: Yeah. But I mean, we also then still spend some time and give them kisses and hugs and back scratches and that sort of sure, thing. Sure. So that's it's not the thing everything. That, yeah, yeah,
0: that's what you do mm-hmm. um, still. But I feel like this is kind of what I've done to kind of streamline my participation. Yeah. And make it be more of like a, we're calming down, we're ending mm-hmm. the day. Mm-hmm. There's no chance that we're gonna do something really high energy right now. Yeah. I think The other really major change, too, that we learned from Carrie is to realign expectations when we put them down for sleep. I think before it was like, it's bedtime. You need to get your sleep. Go to bed right now. And now it's okay. We've tucked you in. It's time to quiet our bodies. Let's calm ourselves. Mommy and daddy aren't going to come back in. But if your body isn't telling you that it's ready to fall asleep yet, you're welcome to read a little bit in bed, imagine, play, you know, do something quietly.
1: Yes. Carrie had said she did this with her kids with an Etch-a-Sketch. Yeah. Kevin went to buy an etch sketch on Amazon. And yeah, they're
0: 20 bucks a piece.
1: <laughs> we're not going to do that.
0: <laughs> so, There's, well, We love our kids, but not, not $60 worth. <laughs> we're
1: minimalist, and we also are on a budget to meet our financial goals. So, an Etch-a-Sketch didn't fit. But the books worked great, and I don't know. I just honestly, I'm not exactly sure what made it work, but I I know that Kevin and I were so much less stressed, which has to be part of it, that we just were so patient because we were starting at 6 p.m. or 6.30, and all of the feelings of, oh my gosh, they're still not in bed, and oh my gosh, now it's an hour later, and it's still not working, and now it's 9.30 didn't accumulate because even if it took him two hours to go to sleep, it was still 8.30, which means I have an hour before I go to bed. Kevin has two hours before he goes to bed. We've got time to do what we want to do. It just felt better. And the first few nights weren't great. They still got out, but they were trying and we just did that focus on the positive where Every five minutes that they stayed in bed, I would peek in their room and whisper, I'm so proud of you. You stayed in bed. You're doing such a great job being quiet. And our kids just, their chest puff up. They love that sort of communication from us. And so just eventually they fell asleep. They got enough sleep that night. They maybe fell asleep at 8.30 that night. They woke up at 7. And the process every day got better because they got up more and more sleep every day.
0: Right. And in the mornings uh, when they'd wake up, i always really you know, ham up. Oh, goodness, I bet you feel great this morning because I bet you just got a wonderful rest and we're going to be able to do so much stuff today because of that. And I think that that really helped reinforce all of that in the positive direction.
1: Yes. So thank you, Carrie. And to everyone else we've discussed all these issues with, we are making some progress. It feels good to be on this side of it and not in the downward spiral that we were in. But that still leaves the entire rest of the day. And- we had shared in the first episode of this parenting series that Kevin and I feel really enthusiastic for the first five hours of every day, but we just lose energy and our patience and things just go off the rails when our kids keep testing us and life keeps coming at us for our 8, 9, 10. And so certainly with our kids getting better sleep and Kevin and I just not having a completely depleted battery at the end of the day... We woke up and just, you know, felt more fresh. Our kids were much more fresh. But still, we needed something to change during the day. What we had been doing wasn't working. And lo and behold, these snow days that have gotten stacked on top of each other, um, if you're listening to this in real time, you know what I'm talking about. If you're somewhere in the future, February of 2021 had some sort of polar vortex come in and just freeze over the United States, causing a lot of damage and destructions in, in places like Texas. And Missouri's used to getting snow, so certainly no one was really in critical danger here. But schools had been canceled, which sends, I would say, anyone into a tailspin. Generally, I am home on Tuesdays and Thursdays, but Kevin's home every day. So he's really the parent that has always taken up the parenting slack if the kids are supposed to go to school and they don't end up going that day. And so I was at work and Kevin implemented this new plan that he's going to share. And when I came home the first day, he was so excited, so enthusiastic. He had such a great day with the kids. The kids were all in better moods. We did the dinner thing with the quick dinner and we went to bed and they fell asleep a little earlier that day and it just was such a win. So I have actually not implemented any of this tactic myself because I've just not been home to do this yet. But uh, Kevin's told me a little bit and he's going to share it with all of us now. So we'll all just learn together this magical plan that Kevin has come up with.
0: Well, that was a beautiful introduction. Thank you for that. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, I kind of took inventory of what I had been doing, and I'm always the kind of introspective parent that thinks, okay, what do I need to do? How do I need to change it? So I decided to really build off of them being really happy in the morning and decided to do a family plan every morning. So they all individually uh, write their needs and wants for what they want to accomplish And then we go over it collectively and build a master list of what the day is going to look like so they can take ownership of it. And it's now it's a collaborative experience that they all feel like they're a major part in. And it's things like they always put down want to have a snack. I want to have lunch. They even put down things that they know that I'm going to say they have to do, like take a nap Mm -hmm. and daddy needs to work. Um, And then we'll, you know, put the fun things on there. Like, they want to play Duck, Duck, Goose. They want to play a game with Daddy. They want to have a piggyback ride. They want to play Tag. Um, They wanted to go on a nature walk. And we'll go over everything, and it's just like, yeah, that sounds great. Like, we'll be able to do all these things if we work together today. And I just feel like that that focus has enabled us to just work together. Because now it's not... Daddy needs this and you have to do that so daddy can get what he needs to get done. It's, hey, this is all the stuff that we as a family want to accomplish. And if we work together, we can do everything.
1: Yeah. And how do you ensure you're actually working during the day? Because it sounds like you're intimately involved in their fun. So
0: sure. I think it's it's, it's a balance for sure. And it's also an understanding that I'm not going to get everything I need done right away. Like this is the whole day. And if I can have the whole day, then I can fit in what I need to accomplish when it's convenient or when it's possible. And it's not all about, okay, if you let daddy get all of his work done, then we'll do something fun afterwards. It's almost like the understanding that, hey, after you guys brush your teeth and get ready for the day, we'll play that game together and we'll play tag. And then daddy's going to do that 30 minutes of work that he needs to get done. And while he's doing that, you guys can do the independent play activity you guys thought of that you wanted to do, or you guys can do the art that you guys had said that you wanted to do. And then after we both get those things done, then we can go take that nature walk or something.
1: Mm -hmm. So did you tell them when they're brainstorming what they want to do, that it has to be some things that don't include you?
0: Right. Yeah. So when, when I add the things that I need, which is daddy needs to work for. 30 minutes in the morning, I'll say, What do you guys want to do during that time? Mm -hmm. Or I'll see, like, in their list, like, Oh, they wanted to color pictures or something. I said, Okay, we can, we'll do that. And then daddy will do something that he needs during that. Yeah. Or I always write exercise for myself down there. And it's just like, Okay, if you guys take your rest time, then daddy can exercise while you guys are resting. Yeah. So I always try to make sure that there's, super active things that we do together there's things that they can do independently and there's at least one thing that they do semi-independently but also sort of with my guidance supervision me popping in and out such as (laughs) i'm proud of this one mary (laughs) so one of the things i was thinking about is like okay when are the kids just at their best like, when am I the most proud? And it's when they're playing independently. And it's something that I have always kept saying, like, guys, go play independently, go play blah, blah, blah. And it was always like this passive push because I know if they do it, it'll be really, really successful. And then I just, it just kind of clicked like, hey, maybe I need to create the structure for them to start that. So I've been creating these elaborate scenarios for them to play out uh, which they'll then work collaboratively and if they're fighting they'll naturally work it out because it's almost like put them on an island and it's just like they're surviving together i try to do that early in the morning and i feel like it really has set the tone for the rest of the day so like one of the scenarios this morning was they were explorers on an african safari I gave them different sized shapes of paper, and they were going to go look for treasures or discover things that would fit on that paper. And then over the course of the next 30 minutes to an hour, I'd kind of be getting something that I wanted to get done and be listening to see, okay, is it dying down? Do they need some help? And then I'd throw in little hurdles, like I threw a blanket down on the floor and said, "Oh." Be careful. There's crocodiles in this river, but you really need to pass it. And then I'd go back to do what I was doing. And then I'd come out and pretend to be like a lion.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And all of this is just showing how much I think Kevin values interacting with the kids while also getting what he needs to get done done. He's made it basically an art form. And the pandemic is just an extraordinary circumstance with just so much in the house time and particularly for us when it's cold. But Kevin still needs to work. We still need the money that he is needing to produce. And our kids deserve his attention as much as Kevin deserves to do his own work. And so there was just two things that are really important. And this may seem like an elaborate workaround, but it's what's working for our family. and it it's better than yelling. I mean, we were just yelling at them constantly. So if Kevin has to put some extra effort into creating these elaborate schemes and safaris, then so be it because he'll get 20 or 30 minutes with the kids not needing him. And then they'll pop in and he'll come up with some other little add-on and then they'll go play for another 15 minutes.
0: Yeah, and it ends up being way more successful. Everyone's way happier. I get to have both more time to get my work done and be able to enjoy the company of my children it's like it's just like a win win win
1: yes yeah win yeah it's kind of like the podcast the podcast is a win 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 for for us and our family so Um, We're just filling our life. You're just
0: saying that because the podcast was your idea. You're just (laughs) trying to bring it back to you now.
1: No, but we are actively pursuing things that make our life better and more meaningful. And the podcast is a way to share all of these ideas and just to get feedback and to hopefully start forming a community around some of these ideas. And particularly positive parenting, conscious parenting, just parenting with intention is something that we feel strongly about. And we're just really grateful to get to have had these conversations between Kevin and I and with Carrie. Um, We actually just got released from our parenting therapy with um, a local licensed therapist here in our area that we had initially sought for some anxiety that our oldest son was having. And because of COVID, it ended up just being Kevin and I meeting her over FaceTime which was great because really the people who needed therapy were Kevin and I. So it's all kind of coming to a close, this crescendo here. And, you know, then the work continues. But we're happy that we're landing on two feet, it feels like.
0: Yeah, definitely a solid foundation. I think the most valuable takeaway from all this experience is you get so much information and suggestions and ideas and broad concepts. But to really make it successful, you need to own that narrative for yourself you know, really try to create a structure that is going to work for you and not necessarily do the exact same thing as somebody else, but really take the time to understand the broad strokes and then really think, okay, how can I implement them in a really honest way? Because what you're doing might not be natural to me. That's the big thing that I learned early on when I would take my little ones to like the library story time. I was not going to be the moms that were doing the sing songs and trying to get their kids to dance with them and like be the really gregarious, talk like a baby parent. That just is not me. So there's no possible way I could have done that successfully. And the same goes for every step of this journey.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So yay, we found something. Well, Kevin's found something that has been working.
0: Hopefully we can continue to build off that too. I think also the emotional well-being that we have right now is just so positive, too, because Mary has had her second COVID shot. Uh, Mary's parents have had their second COVID shot. My parents have gotten their first shots. And I think we can just see the opportunity for our village to expand again soon.
1: Yeah, and for us, that was such a huge detriment. That's one of, that is the biggest thing that COVID took from us personally was our village.
0: Mm -hmm. And there's just this opportunity to rebuild that.
1: Yeah. So it's definitely brightening our February. I'm not a February gal. I last year told myself I would not be in the state of Missouri in February of 2021. And I wanted to take the entire month off. I get a significant amount of vacation through work. That's one of the perks of being a certified anesthesiologist assistant is the vacation compensation is just very high. So I wanted to stack a lot of the vacation in February and then go somewhere warm. But, you know, I can't even remember why we decided against it. I know it was a little bit about money. Obviously, it was a huge concern about COVID and what was going to be happening with our safety. And then I think I was nervous to burn through so much of my vacation. So we ended up taking two weeks off which was great, except for we went on vacation in Southern Missouri, which was just as cold as where we live in Missouri. And Kevin and I felt like we needed a vacation after our vacation. Yeah. (laughs) And so we got home and then the great freeze of 2021 happened and school shut down. And it was just a lot of cold weather days stuck in the house. And we had not yet found these magical miracles that Finally, did end up working for us, but it just was rough. And every day we were cursing ourselves that we didn't trust that our intuition was correct and we should have escaped Missouri in February. So the fact that we're feeling positive right now, I think, says a lot of how our mental health is that we're just in such a better place. So that's our last installment for sure of the parenting little saga here. I'm happy we're ending it in a good place and Mm -hmm. not confused and broken.
0: But everyone, please look forward to our next episode, which is the fourth installment of parenting called <laughs> The Big Backslide.
1: Goodness. Now, our next episode, I'm really anxious to release. It's actually the first interview we ever did with one of my very best friends from high school named Kelly and her husband, Pat. She has been a longtime listener, which means she's a friend who listened regardless of how good this is from the very beginning. And she messaged me and was like, Hey, I have a story that I feel like I want to share on the podcast. Is it something you and Kevin would be interested in? And of course, you know, I was just excited that someone was identifying with anything that we were saying or that we were maybe showing that this podcast thing is a little bit of catharsis and someone else wanted to get on that.
0: Sure. And I think it was a really fun opportunity to connect with them through this too, despite details of their story.
1: Yeah. So the title of their episode is Growing Through Grief and Kelly and Pat lost their first child when he was born stillborn at 36 weeks, March of 2016. They are now about five years out from his death And Kelly and her husband have been able to look back with now that they have some distance and see that the trauma of that experience eventually brought them to a place where they found growth as opposed to pushing them further away from each other. And she just wanted to share that story and we wanted to have the conversation with her. It's a hard conversation and one that people who have lived through A child's death or some other really intense hardship, they don't get to talk about it as much. And so it was just really great to honor JP, which is her son, and Kelly and Pat and just grow together through the podcast and through our conversation. That's going to come out March 11th, two weeks after you're listening to this episode. And I just really hope that it connects with everyone and just shows the power of speaking your truth and being willing to grow.
0: Yeah, and I think there's a huge impact in feeling all the feels, too. Yeah. Like, that doesn't need to be hidden from the world.
1: Yeah. Yep. So, we're really looking forward to sharing that. We hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. And until next time. Ever onward. Ever onward.
0: You know, I got it.